Blog Talk Radio. Talking and uh, 
caught up in blogging, caught up in doing what we do here on Thursday nights, that we forget about the humanity, the, the, a family, uh, a, a young man that uh, still is in um, careful watch. His body is trying to uh, restore and heal itself. You know, the Father put in us, uh, put in our bodies to do just that, heal itself. So the body is fighting for its life. And uh, we can do that as well by simply interceding. Because uh, the Bible talks about two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And it also talks about if you pray in faith, believe, and you shall receive it. Because many scriptures, if you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, you can have whatever you say. There was a woman that uh, uh, just said to, uh, speaking of faith, there was a, a lady in the Bible, infamous story I'm sure y'all know about, that said, if I can just touch the hem of Christ's garment, I will be made whole. Uh, I don't believe that the Father told her to do that. Sometimes just sheer faith in a matter can change a matter. Uh, I just don't believe that in this world things that happen to us just it has to have the final say. I believe that we have power. And, and this is even outside of the, the, the uh, uh, can't say it's outside of the Father because he set all this up. But, folks, there are people that the Father does things in their life because of blessings and intercessions and whatever. And then there are some people who just simply have faith. This is where the world has tapped into this. And if you believe strong enough in a thing, yes, you can have what you say. Now, so I just believe that a lot of times we can just believe, 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 and things can happen for those of you that don't have their relationship with the Father. Still, just see the brother uh, up and breathing and walking, and maybe one day if he want to, playing the sport that he loves. See that. If you don't know what I'm talking about with all this faith, uh, rib, uh, gibbish, uh, you know, you may not know what I'm talking about, but some of you do. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And brothers and sisters, um, let's again remember this family. Just just think about, like I said, just think about it. And I mean this. I'm, I'm very serious tonight. See the brother heal. You don't know anything about this whole faith in this Bible. You're not sure none of this. Just see him heal. See him up walking around. See him victorious. And those of you that do know what I'm talking about, lift up this brother to your God. Because he loves him just like he loves you. And he wish above all things. He, he, he want us above all things that we prosper and be in good health. Y'all know that. So let's get into this, y'all. Play a little music here. Music when I'm talking. All right, brothers and sisters, again, I'm Brother Seth. You've tuned into the Five Swim Stone Network. Tonight, 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 January the 5th, 2023, if you celebrate the New Year's, uh, which we, as the Hebrew Israelites or the people of the book here on this station, we don't believe that the New Year is celebrated on June, January the 1st in the middle of winter. No, we don't believe that. We believe, like the old world, that New Year's is around springtime before uh, Pope Gregory decided he wanted to make uh, put Easter where it is 
and readjust Easter's date. Uh, Pope Gregory made it his uh, business to change the New Year. So, but if you do observe, uh, there's nothing wrong with having uh, goals and and New Year's resolutions. If you're gonna if it's gonna make you a better person, so be it. And Happy Gregorian New Year. I mean it. Happy Gregorian New Year for those of you that celebrate, folks. Tonight, tonight, tonight is very. Uh, it should be a very easy show. It should be a very because um, a lot of us love football is what I'm trying to get at. I shouldn't say love, but we like football a lot. And so we have in the house the co-host that's going to be joining us, joining myself, as we discuss Damar Hamlin, the player, uh, uh, and the player's raw emotions. And God, uh, Yah, are in the NFL. All of this coming your way very shortly. But before I get into that, I want to remind everybody to just follow the Boston Zone Network. Follow us, brothers and sisters. You know how this social media thing go. You get more love when you have a crowd. That's the way it rolls. People, when they first tune onto a blog, one of the first things they do is to look at the content and judge you by the content of your character. No, they want to look at how many followers you got. So follow us because that's just where some people are at. And so we don't want people not listening because we're small, not to hate, uh, uh, not despising small beginnings. Uh, I don't really think we're that small, to be honest. We have hundreds of followers, and we, uh, of the blog talk, listen to over 30 countries, and been doing this since 2011. We probably just do that. So, again, follow the Five Swords Zone Network, which is a network that really lifts up, I believe, the Most High Yah, Yahweh of Israel and His Messiah. Yes, we do. We lift him up high on this network. We believe in this Messiah that he came, lived, died, rose, left, and is going to return and set up his kingdom on this earth. I say yes, we do believe it. I say yes, we do believe that. And we're not ashamed of his name. Yeshua is going to rule. Y'all hear me? You better believe it. But ask somebody. I say Yeshua is going to return to this earth. Don't something need to return to this earth and straighten it out and set it back on the court? Scripture talks about it and there was a new heaven and a new earth. So we believe Yeshua is going to return. Many of you go by by the name of Jesus, more widely accepted name. Brothers and sisters, we have in the house uh, a guest. We are going to be joined by... Uh, how many of you remember Brother Zeke? Brother Zeke uh, came on back around the time Bishop Smith uh, came on. I know you remember Bishop Smith, but um, Brother Zeke has joined us uh, already. He's in the house. He's going to be uh, on the show tonight again uh, talking about Damar Hamlin and this tragedy that unfolded right in front of our eyes. Again, if you've been living on the rock, you don't know what I'm talking about. This brother was, um, how can I say it? Because some of you just now coming in. I'm trying to wait till more come in, so I don't have to repeat myself. But Damar Hamlin was, uh, uh, he died. I mean, folks, according to the medical journals, what death is, he went there. And uh, he was restored. Uh, they had a um, a, de, a defibrillator, a 
uh, on hand and was able to uh, resuscitate him. And now it's just a matter of him just uh, fighting his way back to um, consciousness. And uh, hopefully, uh, with our prayers, that he will um, have a full recovery. And I don't know about you, but I would love to see him back on the football field. So let's open the phone lines and go to some of our um, co-hosts and see what they have to say on the matter. All right, going to all the way to Cincinnati, uh, we'll, because this is where it all went down anyway, we have the one and only, it goes by these days, Ambassador, y'all. But Purcell Porsche, our Ambassador, Purcell Porsche, uh, welcome to the show tonight, brother. Go ahead and say hello to the people. Thank you. Uh, praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, again, praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, this is a, a Lord, very, inter- very interesting topic, uh, very interesting occurrence. Um, this particular occurrence, um, for me, is somewhat personal uh, because I can 100% empathize with the family of DeMar Hamlin. Um as I have gone through um, what his family is going through. So, anyway, it's How your boy, so? Ambassador Porsche. So? Well, you're just doing your intro. We'll come back to it. But we'd love to know how so, brother. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the way out here in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, under Salt Life Ministries, Salt Life Kingdom Ministries, uh, by way of the Wilderness Center. Um, we bring you greetings tonight. We uh, honor the Five Smooth Stones Network. We honor Brother Seth, the uh, CEO and founder of the Five Smooth Stones Network. Uh, we're excited about what God is doing through the Five Smooth Stones Network. Uh, we, also, we always admonish you to call in, um, follow us. Follow us, like you said, uh, it gives us track um, and enlarges our territory. So, um, without further ado, um, I yield the mic. Okay, and let's do this. Let's go ahead and go to our guest uh, again. But um, hold on one second before we do that, brothers and sisters, because some of y'all. Oh. All right. Uh, right now, this is the only co-host we have, Brother, uh, Brother John just dropped off you know, these phone lines, off, but he can hopefully call back. But Brother Brent, Brentsville is in the house. Let's go ahead and open up his line, Brother Brent. Brother Zeke, I'm sorry, Brother Zeke. Brother Zeke Brentsville is in the house. Brother Zeke have been on before, like I say, when, when uh, uh, Bishop Smith was on. Y'all know we have to talk about the law versus grace and and the Hebrew Israelites, and and just uh, we had a good time with the bishop. Uh, we didn't agree on a lot of things, but we did agree on some things. And but I remember being introduced to Brother Zeke Brinsfield uh, around that time, and then Brother Zeke came on, on and just on the show by himself with us. And you know, you gotta have a lot of boldness to be talking to us brothers, because uh, we're not really disrespectful or anything like that. But people just intimidated for whatever reason to come on this particular platform. But Brother Z came on and did very well And uh, stood up for To this grounds and of course we agreed And disagreed and more than anything 
he was respected like he will be tonight. Brother Zeke, go right ahead and say hello to the people. Praise the Lord, saints. I am so thankful to be on here tonight with you, Brother Seth and Brother Purcell. How are you this evening? Great, brother. Um, Well, it's wonderful to be here with you. It is... uh, you know, we we have the we have the news from above, and we have connections with the one that holds all the answers to a lot of the circumstances and situations that we pray and ask for. He's the one that knows the outcomes of them. He is the sovereign king over all these things. And um, you know, I I, I really enjoy uh, athletics. I've enjoyed it all my life. I've enjoyed coaching. Uh, I have yeah, right. uh, 28. I have a 28-year-old son who serves uh, in the United States Air Force. I have a seven-year-old son, and uh, I just really enjoy uh, youth athletics. I love competitiveness, you know, and the Word of God. Uh, Paul talks. He uses a lot of analogies of running the race, competitions. Talks about bodily exercise, profits a little. You know, and so we know that uh, the Lord is is not in opposition against uh, uh, athletics, racing events. We know that uh, He is not one that um, actually He actually uses those as imagery of how we are to run this race that we've been given, and how we are to serve Him. And so, um, but I will tell you that sometimes we see. Uh, our hearts get twisted in it, and we start competing in the wrong ways. And and there's a there's a real balance that we've got to see in athletics, and we've got to make sure that we uh, have a light there that we are, are carrying with us, and that we operate with the utmost integrity. And you know, when these moments happen like this, we're going to see we're going we're going to see people draw to their knees. It's going to bring you to your knees. It's uh, you know, uh, when a public event like this happens with something that you have so much emotion attached to and you have so many uh, history, years, decades of feelings of uh, spending time with your family, watching, engaging, or participating, actually living and being a competitor out there in it. There is a, a rich history of athletics in America. And so it's not, it's not a... Uh, uh, stretch that the Lord would use a moment like this to draw affections to Him. It's also not like the it's not it wouldn't be under, uh, out of characteristic for the enemy to use these moments too. And so, you know, in the days that we live in, we really have to be wise uh, as serpents and innocent as doves, and we need to make sure that we have a good foundation to be able to discern good and evil in both of these. And so. It's been probably a year and a half, um, maybe even a little longer than that, Brother Seth, since I've been on the program. And I am so, it is so good to hear your voice and so thankful to be able to participate in this discussion tonight uh, to yes. share uh, perspective. Yes, yes, yes. Taking a little drink there. Uh, brothers and sisters, um, that brings up Zeke. Again, welcome, my brother, to the episode, this program tonight. I know you're going to bring a whole nother anger. You've already said something to me that I didn't think about, and I actually put it in the show description because 
once I did some um, research after you brought it up, I realized a lot of people are thinking about it, and that is the whole vaccine issue. As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and read the show description because there's several different people thinking different. I shouldn't say different people. Thousands, if not millions of people are thinking these various angles. So let me just read the show description, and you all know what I'm talking about. All right. Damar Hamlin, players raw emotion, God, and the NFL. Again, Damar Hamlin, players raw emotions, God, and the NFL. We're going to be talking about all of those. And I went on to say on Thursday night, let's talk about Damar Hamlin. Let's dissect everything from the raw emotions of the hardcore ballers to the hit, the collapse, and the desperate prayers of a shocked nation. Even to the rumors that the NFL at first considered continuing the game after such a tragedy unfold. That was ESPN saying that. It has been refused, uh, refuted by the NFL, but anyway, back to the show description. Some asked why the rich NFL GMs watched a GoFundMe account swell when the NFL should have started the financial uh, conversations first or early. Then others are speculating that the mandatory vaccine, Brother Zeke here and others, that the mandatory vaccine by the NFL and many athletes with similar cardiac arrest from hard hits may be related. One more time. Then others are speculating that the mandatory vaccine by the NFL and many athletes with similar cardiac arrest from hard hits may be related. In recent years, some have considered quitting football entirely amid this kind of tragedy. So, how do these talented men keep playing hard? Will fear handicap the playoffs soon played? Or will some feel that there is a one in a thousand chance that this could happen to them and just keep balling hard? That is your show tonight, brothers and sisters. Uh, Brother John, I'm not going to come to you because I know sometimes you're doing, you're working your, your business. So press one if you're free to introduce yourself, and then we'll put you back on hold, and you can just let us know how you're going to flow. Press one if you're able to talk at this time. All right. Uh, Brother Zeke and Brother, uh, again, all the way in Cincinnati where it happened, Brother Purcell Porsche is in the house. This is our panel so far to other co-hosts and callers join us. Again, if you're on the phone line, press one. And we'll bring you on. If you listen online, which I know you are because some of you already been responding to the show. And so if you are listening and you like what any of us say, you want to get in on this, simply call the phone number right there in front of you on that promo, 914-205-5590. So, Brother Z, go ahead with that uh, concern you have about the, the NFL vaccine mandate. And, y'all, also we want to play at some point in the show uh, a doctor uh, that is really, really, really um, breaking down what happened from a medical standpoint. And, I mean, this guy is really on it. Y'all got to hear it. He talks about exactly what happened to the player. Um, but, Brother Zeke, actually, let's do this. Let's go ahead and play the doctor. Brother Zeke, you okay with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's wonderful. Brother Purcell, you okay with that? Let's play. Y'all want to play the doctor? Is it okay? That's fine, bro. Okay, let's play this doctor because I think he's going to give us more ammo uh, as far as what to uh, angles of how to look at this. We sometimes need to hear from the medical world because we don't know what's going on. I know I don't. 
not with with regards to the medical field. And um, so, again, I want to thank you all for your time tonight. Again, we're talking about Damar Hamlin. And so this, uh, this Dr. Anthony Cardillo, look at his name. It's almost like cardio. <laughs> Dr. An- Anthony Cardillo from Med Urgent Care ER Specialist uh, is going to give us a little update on not an update, but uh, an, um, an explanation of exactly what happened to Damar's body once he was hit, or once he, you know, took the hit. We'll be right back after this. Well, Dr. Anthony Cargello is um, kind enough to join us today. He's a men urgent care CEO and emergency medical specialist to give us a little bit of insight, perhaps. Yeah, Dr. Cardello, we talked to you about so many different things, and because you are in an ER all the time, you've seen trauma as well as illness, and so. In examining that hit on the field and the fact that this player then stood up and then went down, what are you able to tell from that little bit of video? Certainly, David. Well, what we can tell is that the event was most probably secondary to that hit. There are other episodes where athletes are running, they're exerting themselves, and will have a ventricular arrhythmia secondary to a hypertrophic or enlarged heart. That's different. This was traumatic. And we see that hit happened in that upper chest area. And there are a couple of things that could happen under this scenario. The first we think about, obviously, is the spinal cord, the spinal cord injury. It doesn't seem like that's what happened here. Because when you have a spinal cord injury that does injure acutely that cervical spine, you don't get back up. You're on the floor and you stay on the floor. He was able to get back up. That leads us to believe this is more of a cardiac injury. When you have a cardiac injury, a couple of things, again, could happen. With a large enough hit to the anterior chest, you can transect the aorta, the large blood vessel coming out of that heart. But when that happens, number one, that's not survivable usually, and you don't stand up after that kind of injury. Even if it was a mild dissection, these are very significant injuries. It's a very common injury. The third thing we're thinking about is called the R on T phenomenon. This is a phenomenon that when the heart is going between its beats, as that heart is depolarizing and then repolarizing. If you have traumatic trauma to the the chest, at a very specific moment, as that heart is repolarizing itself, you can go into a lethal ventricular arrhythmia. And that's what it looks like it happened because he was able to stand up, and at that point his heart started what we call fibrillating. That's that cardiac arrest. That's when he collapsed back down, and they would have recognized at that point no pulse. If it had been a cervical injury, you wouldn't expect him to have lost his pulse that soon. Same thing with a transection of the aorta. You may still have a pulse for a very brief moment. At this time, he had no pulse when he hit the ground. That's more of a ventricular arrhythmia that he was having. This is a dysrhythmia that happens after trauma. Now, the mainstay of treatment would have been, number one, protecting his airway, and then defibrillating the patient. We know that we have AEDs, or the automated defibrillators, all around our community. I am certain that they were in that facility. They were also on the ambulance, and we hope that he was defibrillated quickly. And that brings the heart back relatively quickly because it shocks that dysrhythmia back into a normal heartbeat. They would have immediately intubated him and protected his airway, which they did. And if they were able to bring that heart back by defibrillating him at this juncture, whether he survives or not, it will be dependent upon how long he was down and how long he was not getting oxygen. And now it sounds like he is in the ICU or in the medical facility 
intubated at this time with a heartbeat. That's the information we're hearing right now. That means that he was most likely brought out of that lethal dysrhythmia, and now it's going to be dependent upon how long he was down and how much anoxia his brain would have sustained. Well, the early reports mentioned that there were nine minutes of CPR performed. Um, given the different scenarios that you have uh, given us, what are the survivability rates? And, and you know, I know it is speculation, it's early, but uh, what is your opinion on that? Yeah, nine minutes is kind of a long time, and we're worried about that. Um, we, about three minutes is when you start having brain injury. So nine minutes is a long time. I think there's a delay, guys. Are you still seeing the delay on your side also? We do yeah. have a delay, but your voice is just right, so we're on, on point with what you're saying, okay? So, oh, we just caught up, so I think you're good. Great. Yeah, so the, the name of the game here is really that, that nine to ten minutes that he was down and how much, how much injury that brain would have suffered from having the anoxia. We know about three minutes is when you start having really significant brain damage. However, he's very young. He's 24. He's a highly conditioned athlete, so he has a lot of reserve. And so it's possible that he will do fine if this is what we're talking. We don't really know the underlying cause yet. It could be a number of things, but the most likely is this arrhythmogenic phenomenon that happens when you have blunt chest trauma as the heart is going through its phases. If that's the case, he would have been shocked intubated and now it's a matter of seeing how much damage happened to the brain yeah that makes complete sense mm -hmm. to what we were able to witness and how they were working on him dr cordello i can't say it enough you're always our go-to doctor you're perfect in this situation you make a lot of sense to the injury that we just witnessed thank you so much for joining us hello i'm mark brown get more great covered uh, quite a bit of the uh, medical jargon and the medical, I guess, um, circumstances of the injury, which, which was really good because he also clarified in everything that he said too. So that was really, that was real good also. Um, yeah, one of the things that I've heard, um, here in Cincinnati, one of the things that I heard this morning um, was the fact that they said that um, he's very solid. Uh, 
can't I can't remember how they worded it, but they said one promising thing that he did is he woke up, um, and the first thing he said was, "Did we win?" Hallelujah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that's what I'm just hearing. First thing he said was, "Did we win?" And the doctor told him, uh, "Yeah, tomorrow you won." You won the game of life. Really? You know, yeah, yeah. That's what they're reporting here. So, wow. Uh, that's yeah, why I have you on the show. On the show, man, you bring these little nit, little tidbits here. Appreciate that. That's good. Yeah, I thought that that's was like a Paula. Pretty. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that sounds awesome, like, sound like a baller. That sounds like somebody that's just. I mean. Life on the line He's thinking about Whether or not he won Maybe he just think He just got knocked out Maybe he don't really know What mm. he could But maybe he don't yeah, know he, he died Yeah They're reporting That he didn't realize That um, He's been under For two days He He, he had no idea um, They're saying That he just came to him And said uh, Did we win You know That, wow. was, that was his So um, they also said that. Uh, well, mm-hmm. Hold that thought, Purcell. I want to get Brother Zeke in here. What did you think of the doctor for you? I can tell you can switch gears, Brother Purcell. We'll come back to you. But, Brother Zeke, what did you think of uh, Dr. Anthony? 1 Corinthians fourteen, eleven. Paul says, uh, fourteen ten. he says, There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world. And none of them is without signification. And there's so many voices, and they all are significant. And every one of these voices, the significance of it is, is what are you going to believe? And that's uh, faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And mm-hmm. I'm, by training, you get, you're going to get double dose tonight. Um, I'm a nurse. That's where I went to school to become a nurse. I was I worked in the ER. I did psychiatric care nursing before I moved into technology and working. I worked for uh, a very large medical company. Uh, now we put uh, we do medication management all over the world, and uh, I design applications for that. My wife is a she is a cardiac nurse, and she has been one for 17 years. She works in PACU caring for patients as they come out of heart surgery. So I know a thing about uh, transect aortas and how that rupture on your aorta would be tore. And if that was the case, then you'd have to cut their chest open to stop the bleeding from inside to keep that. And this R on T phenomenon that the doctor spoke about is when the uh, R wave and the T wave get crossed up, the electrical firing of the heart. And you've got a hit like that when you're in the middle of one of these waves it jumps over and jumps over onto the other one and causes atrial fib of the heart. And that atrial fibrillation, he said that there would not be a pulse there, but there actually would be. It's going to be fluttering that you're going to have that's going on there. And the fact that they entered into the, the shock arrhythmias would have brought that back in too and would have put that back into a normal sinus rhythm if they would have shocked him. But the fact that they had to do CPR on him for 10 minutes means that he was without a pulse. He was asystole. He was done. 
And so I I listen to the voices out there in the world, but all of them is going to have to come under the authority of Christ, every single one of them. And so the uh, where you get your news from and where you what whatever voice you subscribe to is pretty much going to be how significant and what your perspective is going to be. So um, I'm I'm listening to what he's saying. And I'm using the education and the knowledge that the Lord's given me. But more than that, I'm realizing that there are many voices in this world today, and the enemy being one of them, that is bidding for our affections. And there are many of them that are on assignment. In fact, every single person that is unrepented right now, they can't do anything but serve Satan, is what Second Timothy 2 tells us. They've been taken captive to do his will that they are in opposition against themselves. And so if you look at every unbeliever and every believer that is in a state of unrepentance, they got a mission they're carrying out as well. So I'm real cautious about who I receive information from, and I'm even more cautious about who I let speak into my life concerning those matters. Let me say this, because somebody may say, because as a coach, I have to think about those that are sitting there thinking, and won't press one, won't, won't come on the phone line. Somebody may think you was you may be a little religious, to be honest. I'm not saying I do. Because <laughs> we just want to know what, Hallelujah. The, doctor, what mm-hmm. the doctor, now hear me out. I, I, again, it's not Brother mm-hmm. Seth. I, I'm not playing. I'm doing with the Oprah dude. She, sometimes she'll, and I don't know, I'm not saying I'm a fan of Oprah or anything. I'm just saying what, what a lot of co-hosts do. They'll ask questions. They already know the answer until you're thinking, Oprah, I know you know that. Uh, Phil Donahue, I know you know that, or whoever, uh, you know. So I'm doing that, just playing host tonight. There are those that say, brother, that was just a doctor analyzing a body. You're analyzing a body also. You can get three Christian doctors in a room, and they may have three different opinions. So that's all he was doing. Why, why we all of a sudden going to hell, you know, and all that, and we just want to know mm-hmm. about Daymar tonight. So I want you to respond to that, but I want I just the purpose of this show tonight is to look at the raw emotions of the players, look at the people that call on God. And like you said so brilliantly earlier, Brother Zeke, that this is a time that the Father may choose to get his glory. And I appreciate mm-hmm. you being having your spiritual antennas up. So this is Brother Seth talking now, all right? I appreciate you being aware of salvation and people turning to the Father. I'm not belittling that at all. Keep it coming. But I guess what we're trying to accomplish tonight is, number one, do you think the guy was in the ballpark, the doctor, and um, as far as just talking about Daymar's health, we're going to talk about the NFL, the GoFundMe account, and, um, again, the, the raw emotions. I really want to talk about that. We saw so many players on their knees uh, uh, that already worshipped this Elohim, this God. Yes, they were on their knees crying out, Brother Azik. Uh, uh, they were uh, considering their life, Brother Zeke, considering the salvation you're talking about, Brother Zeke. So you're, you're, you're on point in one way, but I just felt like some may think this brother's a little harsh, you know. So comment on what you what you think I'm trying to say of what I've said so far. Amen. No, that's good. Um, so when I hear the doctor speaking about this, 
he made uh, some assumptions even in his delivery. And then when he came to understand that it was nine minutes that they had done CPR on him, that was new information to him. And you can see him shift a little bit. Him said, yeah, that's probably not good, but maybe this. So he was looking at it. He was observing it. He was given uh, – he was called into it, and there was some details about the circumstances that he didn't have. He said, you know, I'm, most places like that have AEDs available. I'm sure they did this. You can hear this noncommittal approach to answering the question of saying or, – or just not knowing the answer, right? So there was a place of him being unaware of all the circumstances. So when I hear that I, and I hear some uncertainty there, that I, leads me to say, what is he? What else is he uncertain about about what he's delivering right now? And so um, that's that's just in looking at him in the natural, right? That's just looking at the the uh, way he presented himself there. So and then also and a lot of training that I have. See, before you before you go on, if you're just just please allow this interruption to clarify something you just said, folks. Y'all didn't see the video, so. Brother Zeke does have a point, and that's the dangers, not the dangers, but that's one of the uh, um, disappointments of of just hearing it on audio. He does have a point, because if you see the video, you'll see what what he's saying. Go right ahead, brother. So, you know, I think that for for those that are really looking for truth in this, we've got to get our eyes open. Around this, and we've got to be willing to consider what we've been through the last three years, and and on a a larger scale that's greater than this earth, we've got to understand what's happening outside of what we can see too. And um, and I and I think that's evident on how a lot of folks have been reacting. You know. Well, let me let praise God. We we have more people right now asking for prayer for Damar in this situation because of their – and I would say mostly because they were shocked by it. There was this place of emotional connection to the NFL, to football. You think about – I mean, um, it's really hard to go anywhere and not see a NFL jersey. It, it's hard to be anywhere, and I mean, you – you you can attend you can attend service during football season and uh, a lot of folks show up to service to worship the Lord in their attire uh, for watching the game when service is over if if they if they meet on Sundays um, you know and I've heard pastors mention here in Arkansas that the offerings are a lot better when the Razorbacks win. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot tied to these sports, and so uh, affections and emotions and history and memories and uh, times, first times with your children at a game, and something like this happens, and it it rocks something eternal in us. And uh, that's there, there is a positive thing there, and the praise the Lord that this man is going to get up, that he is going to get up. Yes, he is. But it also ought to. It also ought to ask us some questions too. When's the last time we prayed for Joe Biden? When's when's the last time we prayed like this for the state of our nation? Well, when, let, when did me, we pray like this? Yeah. Let me let me say this. 
and George all Floyd. The, uh, yeah, George Floyd, right, Purcell, thank you. Yeah, amen. Very good point. Very good point. And, and uh, I tell you what. I'm, okay, y'all, again, I'm playing co-host, devil's advocate. I hate to be anything regarding the devil, but I just try to do shows where the average person is thinking YZ, and I want to bring him over to AB or her to AB. So I know people are tuning in that. because, hear me out. Go ahead, Purcell. Listen, I wanted to say, um, being right here in Cincinnati, I've been hearing a lot of different, a lot of different things. Uh, we've got the doctors right there at uh, University of Cincinnati Hospital um, doing uh, interviews, a live interviews. Um, so. Um, we, and I've heard. I heard today. This was the first time I ever heard this. Was he actually um, wasn't? They, they supposedly they wasn't doing CPR for nine minutes. It was two minutes. But that was the first thing I was. Watch, I was actually watching the game, and they said that they said that uh, that whole nine minute piece. Numerous times, numerous times. So today was the first day they said it was actually two minutes. But then they said also, um, this is what I was going to say earlier, they also said that he was answering questions, not verbally, but by uh, shaking his head one way or the other. And also they said that he was also responding by way of uh, squeezing his family member's hand. That's the way he would respond. He would uh, squeeze their hand, I guess, if they asked him a question. Um, wow. So they were, saying, they were saying because of that, um, he's made astronomical strides in the last couple of days. Um, so my thing is, my thing is, and and then on top of that, they're not disclosing uh, the information from his test, the, the various tests that they've performed on him. Um, they said that's that thing, that's still going on, so they weren't at liberty to share that information. Neither was it uh, ethical for them to do so, being. Um, that we have the HIPAA laws in place. So um, I just think, I just don't think speculation is good. I think the best thing we can do is what we've been doing, and that is praying. That's the best thing we can do because um, even if you are a medical professional, um, your ways are not God's ways because his ways are higher than your ways. So you, don't have the capacity to think on his level. You know, so I think the best thing that we can do as a people is to just continue to pray because we know that the heart of the king is in his hand and he can turn it with us however he will. We know that. Mm -hmm. We know that. So we have to petition him in that regard. 
we know also that he said he wished above all things that we prosper and be in health. So we are to uh, petition him in that way. Uh, we need to declare and to decree because he said these signs shall follow them that believe. See, this is the moment right here where the faith talkers and the faith walkers are most powerful or can be most powerful because now you get to you get to actually walk out um, your faith you need to walk you get you get the opportunity right here to walk uh, in your dominion okay so it's going to be on the back of the believer that this young man gets up and walks out of that hospital it'll be on the back of the believer it won't be um, the expertise of the doctors and the nurses and all of that. It'll be on the back of the believer and how we call those things which be not as though they were. And we begin to declare and to decree. The Bible said if we declare a thing, it shall be established. So this is the opportunity that we have as believers. See, this is right here. This right here is the kind of stuff that will separate the wheat from the tear. Because either you believe God is God or you don't. You can't go in there talking about, well, if it's God's will. No, you have to go in there declaring the works of the Lord. Declaring and decreeing. Yeah, this, this is a game changer, man. This right here is a game changer. That's what's happening. That's where the raw emotions came from, from the other uh, the NFL guys. That's where the raw emotions came from because immediately when this happened, what they begin to realize is, man, there go I. Yeah. That's what they begin to realize. There go I, but by the grace of God. They may not have said it that way, but I can guarantee you that each one of them was thinking, man, that could be me. That could be me laying there like that. That could be me that that died right in the middle of the game. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah, it, it got real. It got real right then and there. Okay, so that's what we're dealing with. You know, um, I really don't care nothing about. What the doctors have to say I don't man I don't I just want to see God Be glorified in this situation Because I almost guarantee That when he come out He gonna give God the glory I guarantee it When he come out He gonna give God The glory Not only is he gonna give God the glory But all those onlookers are going to give God the glory as well. Why? Yeah. Because they don't have no other way, no other place to turn to. They don't have no other explanation. Wow. As a body of Christ, this is where this is like I said, this is what separates the wheat from the tares. This is when we begin to uh, come into the unity of the faith. It's, it's sad that it's these tragic things that happen. That cause us believers to actually want to act like believers Brothers and sisters It's sad 
but it's the it's the sad reality. It is the sad reality. Well, and also I think per se not only the church, because we throw the church under the bus a lot, but like you say, it's a lot that needs to be done. We got to step up our game. We got to step up our commitment. We got to step up our conviction. So it's always welcome. Definitely on this five system on that way. But the world, the so-called people that are, have nothing to do with a church, uh, uh, Brother Z kind of hit it a little bit, you know, it, it, it's asking some questions to them. Like you talk about the players, you know, some of them are not born again, and not all, some of right. them are. But like you say, they're looking at a man dead. I know you talk right. about Right, that's movement. why they formed that wall heart, around him. His, his heart stopped. I know he was mashing fingers and all that at some point, but his heart stopped. You yeah, don't resuscitate absolutely. a beating heart, I don't think. Brother Z can cor- correct me, but from my knowledge is if your heart is already beating good, you don't resuscitate it. So resuscitate me, mm-hmm. it, it stopped. So absolutely. he died. Absolutely. They saw a dead man on the a football field. Yep. So before I want to go, I want to back. We, we, we're getting into. We're already super serious, and I just kind of want to hear a few more things before we go there. I want to ask Brother Zeke. First of all, what's your who's your favorite football team? So in the NFL, my favorite football team is the Green Bay Packers. That oh, is. Uh, y'all don't even start with me. I want to hear. Y'all just gotta quit. Right now, all right? Oh, my dad was a Green Bay Packer fan. I was the only Packer fan in the state of Arkansas. Everybody likes the Dallas Cowboys in the state really? of Arkansas. So I can't, I can't figure it out. I cannot figure it out. Now, I'll tell you what. I, um, Erica, I like Cincinnati a lot, too. So, so I've been, uh, I've been a, um, uh, watching Cincinnati for a while. I, my, my family has had several trips up to Cincinnati. We go up to the uh, Creation uh, Museum there in Kentucky, oh, and we yeah. always try to catch a Reds game, and maybe you got a preseason football game that's going on at the same time. You can get a two-for-one when you go in there. So we we enjoy doing that. We really have enjoyed athletics. My son, of course, he's stationed in Denver. He actually got to uh, – uh, he was serving as the honor guard uh, for the Air Force there at Buckley, Colorado, and was able to present the colors at one of the um, at, for, for the national anthem at cool. the uh, Denver uh, Stadium. So yeah, it's we've um, had good. We've had a, we've got a lot of just great memories and uh, gotcha. great moments that we've had. So I, green I went to pack. Dallas and watched. Yeah, I got to watch Brett Favre in, in uh, I guess, AT&T Stadium at the time there. And, oh, really? Um, I did. Uh, he played for the first – it was the – my only time to ever get to see him play. Um, and he was – he got knocked out of the game in the first quarter. And I'm sitting there with my cheese head on. Right, I mean, I got Cowboy fans all around me in the end zone there. And um, so that was a tough night for me. Wow, wow. Purcell, who's your favorite team? Those Cowboy fans weren't that nice to me. Well, they normally are, though. (laughs) Purcell is one. Purcell, (laughs) who's your favorite team, bro? It must have been me. (laughs) Yeah, probably. I'm I'm DC Fly. 
I'm DC. I'm DC for life. I'm uh, America's team. I've been America's team since I was knee high to a Billy Goat. Um, I think I think we cursed against the Green Bay Packers. Um, I, I really believe that. I, I believe it's just a curse. I don't know. I don't know how they did it. I don't know if they have some chicken feet that they shake before they come and play us, but we cannot get over that hump for whatever reason. But yeah, I'm a uh, I'm a Cowboys fan. Of, I love the Cowboys uh, well, and I always have very very long time. My mother was a Cowboys fan. My father is a Cowboys fan. Um, my family's from New Orleans, so my brother is a Saints fan. Well, the reason why I asked y'all that is just to kind of uh, create this atmosphere playoff coming up. And I want to get into, uh, do y'all really think that Damar Hamlin hit and all this? Uh, this brother still could. I mean, we're claiming the victory, claiming he come out, but we don't know how he's going to come out. If he's going to be able to talk or, or playing is, you know, it's, it's a dream I hope and pray for. But um, the playoffs is upon us, y'all. We got one more game Sunday, and that's it. It's here. Do y'all think the players are gonna play? Think twice before they hit the guy, take the hit, give the hit. Do y'all think this is gonna really? Because it can do it, brothers and sisters. This is brother. Let me just say this. Slow down. There are players that have literally quit over stuff like this. So if you got people, uh, players. Ballers, hardcore ballers, literally giving up the game over situations like this, considering retiring soon, etc. What do you think that means with staying hardcore with the tackles and the hits from here on out? Brother uh, Zeke, again, you think in the playoffs they're going to play just as hard? I mean, obviously they're going to play, and it's going to look like they're Justice Hall, but do you think some players deep inside might think twice before they do certain things or not? I believe warriors are warriors, and I believe that um, part of that you just can't take out of them. You can't, um, you just can't take the fight out of them. But I've, yep. but what we've been through the last three years, um, and what they've been forced to do, oh, and yeah. I think many of them are are watching this, and I think many of them, I think you've got another uh, narrative that's going on that has to be taken into effect, and you know, yeah. many people were forced to take this vaccination, and there's okay, been many that, athletes that have I'm been collapsing. That, 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 no, I'm. Yeah. Now, I want Purcell to give his take yet. on whether or not okay. uh, the player's going to slow down before we get into vaccinations, because that is a okay. serious part of this program. Um, so I, don't, Purcell, I don't. If, if don't, you quickly can talk about uh, whether or not this is going to impede uh, the, 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 the plays, the hits, uh, the, the drive, the motive in these uh, upcoming uh, playoff games, uh, what do you think? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to impede anything. Um, I think I think they're going to get back to business as, you, as usual. 
because as a as a former player, one thing I learned several 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 years ago <laughs> is I found out that uh, most of your injuries occur when you go and have speed. Oh. So, um, what's going to happen is they they I don't believe that they're going to dial it back. And I do think that what will happen is those uh, creative juices and those innovative juices of these engineers will begin to uh, ramp up, I believe that, which is what they've actually been doing. I mean, we got new helmets in the NFL now, you know, because of the the, uh, concussion protocol, you know. Right. So I think what – They'll be a little bit more innovative as it relates to um, equipment. Um, um, I think, well, I hope they don't come with any more rules because, I mean, if they come with any more rules, um, they might as well turn it into into flag football and just turn flag mm-hmm. football into pro sport, you know. Um, yeah, that's I do not, I do not think that they will dial it back at all. I think they're gonna go like they, like we used to say back in the day in high school. Katie barred the door. They going, they going, they gonna bring it. You well, because they still mistake. Well, and I'll give my little comment because I'm, I'm again, I don't have a, a guy to do the, uh, this part portion of the show, so I'm also a commentator as well. But I'll say this, Purcell, I think. Eighty percent of the guys would do what you just said, you and Brother Zeke. But remember, there was those there was those guys that say that said, "This could be me." And keep in mind, people are already playing safe anyway, because a lot of them been hurt before, and a lot of them don't want to leave the game. They don't want to leave the playoffs, and so they're falling a certain way. I remember when we was playing football. There's a certain way you fall, you know, like a, in the fetus position. Uh, I, was, I forget who was it, Darcy or somebody was really known. May not have been Darcy, but uh, there's a way to get take a hit. There's a way to, you know, because they say you get like Purcell say, uh, most injuries happen when you're going to have speed, but it also happens when you're at the bottom of the pile. So there's a certain way you fall, a certain way you, you know, these guys take care of themselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think eighty yeah. percent of the players. Go ahead. Hey, listen, let me interject this right quick. I don't mean to cut you off, but let me interject this right quick. I meant to say this before, but, um, and you'll hear, you you know this is my heartbeat. So here's one of the things that I also think that they'll get back to. I believe that they'll get back to the basics because in my opinion, in my opinion, they have gone so far from the the fundamentals of the game. I think once they got as far as they are away from the fundamentals of the game, that's when the majority of your injuries started happening. So I think what will happen is um, hopefully they'll recognize that and They'll get back to the basics and back to the fundamentals of the game because you can't you can't beat the fundamentals, you know. Then you don't have to worry about people that's spearing, 
you know, using the crown of their helmet, you know, and uh, that whole targeting issue. Targeting would have never been an issue if they would have stuck with the fundamentals of the game, you know, head to the right or to the left, head up, you know, all that stuff. If they had stuck to that stuff, we would never have this whole, um, um, uh, what they call it, targeting issue. That's that's just my opinion. Good point. Good point. Appreciate you interjecting that. Uh, where I was going with my comment, I was saying before that was, uh, I just feel like I'm gonna say 85 percent. I'll score as far as saying 90 percent of the players is gonna do as you and Brother Zeke have explained. But I do think a lot of players are reassessing. I remember Deion Sanders was known. Some people say Peyton Manning said he was the greatest player of all time. You know, for Peyton Manning to say that, that's pretty deep. He said Deion Sanders was the best player of all time, his opinion. And I remember uh, 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 Steve Young, somebody said, you think Deion Sanders should belong in the, in the uh, Hall of Fame? <laughs> and Steve Young said, Deion Sanders? He was a shutdown corner. That's all he said. Right. So what that means is if you enter a game and they don't throw to your side of the field, you just carved out. It's almost like they're playing on half a field when you're on the field. So it's a no-brainer, of course, but paid men have paid them even higher. But Deion Sanders, my point was, Deion said he was known for how sometimes he wouldn't tackle. He could tackle, but he didn't. So you just never seen Dion really just take somebody's head off. He just tackle kind of – he just makes sure you don't get past him. And he explained it like this. He had to make a um, – what they call it, career decision. <laughs> so if you got people thinking like Dion, who's the best of the best of the best, and then you got people with this not tackle – a certain way because of injuries, they don't want to be re-injured. Uh, they're now playing to their full potential, Dak uh, Prescott and the others. Uh, of course, after somebody die on the field, somebody is going to draw back. That's just Brother Seth's opinion. Uh, but Brother Z, you was going somewhere with the whole vaccination thing, and just so y'all know it, he brought this up to me on Facebook, and I went to research the whole vaccination and this uh, players collapsing. Oh, at the time, I didn't know there was other players that have actually collapsed uh, that have taken this vaccine. I found out there's a lot of research and speculation right now. Go ahead, Brother Zeke, and, and kind of uh, open it up for us. These athletes have some of the most highly tuned bodies um, and when you have a, um, you know, when you when you drive around in a Pinto, you expect it to knock a little bit. But when you drive around in a Lamborghini, you're gonna notice every little small detail that's out of order. It, it, it's just gonna tell off on itself. The fast twitch muscle, if you've got areas of inflammation in your knees because of the explosiveness of your body, you're going. It's going to be identified more and more. And you're going to see those uh, types of uh, sensitivity to 
things happen in your body, they're going to be a lot more noticeable than somebody that maybe doesn't have a professional athlete body. And we have been working and building, and we have been, you know, you just look at the growth of linemen and look at the growth of running backs and look at the uh, the focus and the the intention that we put on to um, muscle building and building, you know, our bodies up uh, for particular sports. You know, Michael Jordan even talked about how he had to train differently for baseball than what he did for basketball, and he had to actually change his body dimensions to be able to transition uh, in sports to be able to uh, attempt playing two sports. And I bet Dion would be able to speak to this as well with him being able to play multiple sports. In fact, uh, yeah, Bo Jackson would be another. Um, so these individuals aren't just um, your average person. They're pretty abnormal to begin with. They're, they're not common, uh, and they are exceptional uh, when it comes to their physical abilities. And they're also exceptional in being able to – the body speak to them and tell them things. And so, you know, whenever you've we, – we've got several friends of ours who have um, experienced – well, my father-in-law – uh, he had taken a vaccination, and he immediately uh, developed shingles. My mother-in-law, after her first vaccination, she lost six pints of blood. And these are things that happened specifically to us that we saw happen. Uh, and we have uh, we have friends that did not have any issue with the first injection, but the booster that they got, they've been having problems ever since. And so um, they've been experiencing these issues and problems that we've had personally. We've seen that. And so I would say that in the locker room, that's a real discussion right now. And I would say that none of, it's none of our business who has taken what, what who's, whether uh, Damar was he, – he was uh, vaccinated or not. That's really none of our business. That's, that's, that's his privacy. It should stay private. Or he can expose it if he chooses to expose it, whatever he'd like to do in that. But that's the the NFL can't release that. The hospitals can't release that. We we're, Whether we have access to that data or not, if anybody does have access to it, it better be under his permission. It better be coming out of his mouth in regards to that. Exactly. So we have, yeah, we've created a society where now we not even know what your uh, vaccination status is to be able to have permission for these things. And every one of these players, they, I think it was recorded that over 95% of the NFL reported as being vaccinated. Now, the fact that they would report that as a whole, probably unlawful to begin with, to be able to even quote numbers holistically like that. And it's, it truly is unlawful for them to be able to do it uh, as a, as an individual, yet the NFL did call several players out that did not take a vaccination. They broadcast them all over the news. So oh, great pressures was put on. What's that? I said absolutely they did. Yeah. So great pressures were put on these athletes to do something that some of their conscience 
may have not wanted done. Yeah, and this is this this is a this is a place where um, many of these athletes now are looking at what's happening, and they're seeing this scenario. And so the thought is, and could could not I'm not really worried about the hit. Because, I mean, if you go back and look at the hit, it looked pretty normal. Right. It was a, it was a good hard tackle. Yep. Nope. Yep. There wasn't anything there that we haven't seen, not just thousands, but hundreds of thousands of plays just like that, if not millions Right. of plays just like right. that. Right. So and you know what, dude, um, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. But you know what? They're having the same conversation or had the same conversation that you just brought up in the NBA locker rooms. You know, there was there were yes, a are. few NBA players who refused to take the vaccination shot, you know, and uh, they put him on blast, you know. So you're absolutely right that they sounded the alarm on these uh, – professional athletes who chose not to go that direction. Um, and, you know, I, I actually did. I actually came to grips with it and said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do it because my wife and I were talking about going on a cruise. And they were saying at the time that you wouldn't be able to go on a cruise without being vaccinated. So me and my wife said, you know what, we're going to go ahead and get it. Well, my wife was forced to do it because of her job. But... Um, my main motivator was, well, I want to go on a cruise with my wife, you know? And so we did it that way. But <laughs> ironically, yeah, I mean, seriously. But I, no, I, yes. I, I actually end up getting the the COVID. I end up getting COVID after taking the, uh, the vaccination shot. So right then and there, I got a bad taste in my mouth. I was like, man, this is crazy. You know, after, you know, doing my homework, because I know when they do the flu shot, uh, typically what happens with the flu shot, and I've heard this from several people, I've never taken a flu shot, but I've heard this from several people, that when you take the flu shot, you get deathly ill because they actually inject Mm. the flu into your body so that your body will create antibodies against the flu. So... I, me with the mind I got, I thought that was the same process with the whole COVID shot. So that was another reason why I didn't particularly want to take the COVID shot because I'm like, ah, no, I don't want, you know, because they, they ain't doing nothing but giving you the virus so that your body can fight it off. Um, when I did my research, I had so many different people saying, no, that's, that's, not, that's not the way it is with this COVID shot, da 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 yada, yada, yada. You know, but ironically, when I took the shot, I ended up getting COVID. Hmm. You know, actually, my wife, I think the same way with my wife. She got the same testimony. Hmm. You know, and that bothered me so much, man. So I've never taken the booster shot, and I won't be taking the booster shot. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But, yeah, I'm not going to do it. Uh, But just, just to piggyback on what you were saying, um, that absolutely was a, a, a huge conversation, you know, amongst the uh, professional athletes, you know, about this whole vaccination thing. Now, I can't, I'm, I can't say 
what role that may have played in um, the DeMar situation. Now, like you said, that that particular play, that man, that play was so normal. That tackle was so normal. Yes, yes. It wasn't nothing. It wasn't nothing amazing about the tackle. It wasn't nothing amazing about the hit. You know, it, it wasn't even a hit, if you ask me. He, he kind of – It was a roller. It was a roller. He, glancing, he grabbed a hold of him, rolled him over. Yeah, yeah, That's and that's all it was. I, I didn't even see a hit. But when you hear these medical professionals talking, the first thing they allude to was he got he was hit to the chest, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking like, um, I was watching the game. It didn't look like that to me. You know, now I have seen some hits. I guess, they, I guess they never met Archie Tatum and Lawrence Taylor and mm. Joe Green, Ooh. all of Steve Atwater. Yeah. yeah. I just, now I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking, man, I done seen some hits, and that ain't one of them. That wouldn't even make the list, mm. you know. Um, and that's not you know, down happened to this young man. Go ahead, but, Pete. That's, that's why I would, that's why I um, started sharing that 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 10 says, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. That means they're all yeah. significant. Yeah. All these, there's a lot of voices that are going on out there right now, but I'll tell you the ones that really matter to the players are going to be the ones that are standing beside them and what they are encountering right now, because they're, I, I would bet that all of the information that we're sharing right here, that this is going to drive them to research more about what they just put in their body. And they're going to have some consideration when they go back out on the field. So, you know, as I made the comment that they're warriors, you can't really take that part of it out of them. You can't. You can't do that piece of it. But there's a there's another dimension to this, a mental dimension. There is there's knowledge, and there's also what their body feels right now. And you know, I, I think it's very significant. And if there was a moment that the players' association would stand up at a moment like this and say, "Hey, we won't." We want some real research done right now what's going on with athletes all over the world and why these things are happening, because it is happening. Uh, There are – John Stockton spoke about it. There are many other athletes around the world that are experiencing these things as well. There are a lot of studies that you can research, both Seth, as you mentioned, as you started looking at this, it was like, whoa, wait a minute, there are some things. Now, there's a lot of false information out there, and there are a lot of people that are trying to create content on both sides of this. It's, there's no doubt about it. You, you, can, you can justify any position that you want to uh, concerning this. You absolutely can. If you want to feel one way about it and, and justify yourself one way or the other, you can absolutely find it on the Internet. It just takes Google, maybe some DuckDuckGo, and a few other search engines out there, and you are able to justify your existence. Well, you know what, and I want you to finish in that vein. I just want to interject here real quick. Um, again, everybody, you tune to the Five Swiss on Network, station identification here, y'all. You tune to the Five Swiss on Network. I'm Brother Seth. 
And we have as guests Brother Zeke Brinsfield, as well as our own uh, ambassador, he goes by these days, Purcell Porsche. And we're just <laughs> sharing about this Damar Hamlin uh, hit, collapse, hospitalization, and hopefully recovery. Uh, recover. Uh, also, talking about the players' raw emotions, uh, God, and the NFL. So all this is going down right now. And we thank you for those of you that's already on the phone lines. If you have any questions or comments, please don't be don't be scared, y'all. Press one, and we'll bring you on. You can ask your questions to any of us, or make your comments. Uh, if you're on the internet and you're listening to us, and this is, you're really enjoying it, but you have some questions or comments, go ahead and call that phone number in front of you: nine one four two zero five 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 nine zero. One more time: nine one four two zero five five five. I'd like to take a quick little break If that's okay with y'all Just want to know if that's okay Uh, Brother Zeke, you okay with a break? Amen Yes, it'd be wonderful Okay with a quick break? Yeah, 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 yeah right, let's take a little break y'all When we come back, we're going to hear from Josh Uh, It's not like I'm cutting somebody off But I think everybody was done We're going to hear from Josh Allen And the uh, coach of the uh, Buffalo Bills After this little short break but if if anybody wasn't done, we'll just we'll just come back to you after the um, clip from the um, from those two. Be right back. Quick little break, y'all.
brothers and sisters, again, I want to thank you for your time tonight. You turn to the Possible Song Network. I'm Brother Seth. We're riding along with Brother Zeke Brinsfield and our own Purcell Porsche, Ambassador Purcell Porsche. Uh, well, we're hitting hard. The Damar Hamlin uh, saga or situation or case or how we want to look at it. We're also talking about the players' raw emotions. We're also talking about the most high, where's his hand and all this, and the NFL in general. I want to play a quick little clip. Uh, this is Josh Allen, and the uh, head coach of the uh, Buffalo Bills. Just a little bit of this. We're going to go back to Beacon Purcell. Between the bye week and home. Wagyu, I'm going to interrupt you because we have Sean McDermott and Josh Allen live from Buffalo. We won't play all this. <laughs> Josh Allen, All right. Uh, appreciate everyone coming uh, this afternoon. This this uh, press conference is is about Demar Hamlin, um, whom we love. It's about his his parents, uh, Mario and Nina, and their extended family. Uh, we continue to pray for them during this time, uh, and Demar uh, is and, and remains our number one concern. Um, I'd like to thank a number of people. We'd like to thank a number of people. Uh, before we get into your questions, uh, there have been so many people involved. That's back- in uh, DeMar's situation, and uh, if we leave somebody out, uh, we apologize. Um, first, I'd like to thank the first responders uh, on the field this past Monday evening and the medical teams of the Bills, the Bengals, and the staff, doctors, and nurses um, at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center for their work uh, and their care. Terry Pagula, the Buffalo Bills staff, coaches, and players, as well as their families, who have all been affected and impacted by this situation. Again, this is Sean Dermott, uh, the coach of the Buffalo Bills. On display over the last three days has been nothing short of amazing. Uh, I'd also like to thank the entire Bill, uh, excuse me, Bengals organization, uh, their ownership, and specifically Zach Taylor, his staff, uh, and their players, and, and going above and beyond and handling the situation the way that they, that they did. Um, the officiating crew that was on the field, led by Sean Smith, uh, and the way that they handled that situation with extreme poise and compassion um, certainly helped um, in the minutes that um, that situation unfolded on the field in the minutes after as well. Uh, both Roger Goodell and Troy Vincent and their leadership from the league office, as well as the NFL Players Association. Folks, we'll just play just a little bit of uh, Coach Sean McDermott, and then we'll hear from Josh Allen. We won't play the whole thing. It's only about 30 minutes. We won't do that just a little bit. We'll be right back. Three days. And then I'd also like to thank you, the media, uh, for your respect and, and privacy and compassion again, over the last three days as we've dealt with this situation and going forward as well. Um, finally, and, and just as important as anything, is glory to God for, um, for his keeping DeMar and his family in the palm of his hand over the last couple of days and his healing powers. Uh, with that, I'll turn it over to you. Sean, listening to Sean Wallace's doctors today, um, that we're able to talk to on that Zoom call, updating Yeah, very encouraging. Uh, we've been getting uh, incremental updates um, 
and Brandon uh, and Nate, Brandon being uh, and Nate Bresky, Nate being our head trainer, uh, as well as to Bonnie uh, Richard stayed behind uh, in Cincinnati at the hospital. They've been there the whole time. And um, so my hat goes off to them as well. And, and uh, um, but they've been giving us updates or uh, the Mars doctors have been giving uh, our doctors updates, uh, Dr. Bissan here in town. And then the updates have flowed basically through either Brandon uh, and Nate or Dr. Bissan or directly from DeMar's doctors. And uh, the news has been very encouraging as, as we all are up to date at this point. And uh, just extremely grateful. Yeah, um, the way he handled it was he, he was a perfect man in that situation to handle that, that type of situation. I, I can't say enough about what he did, what he said to us in the locker room. Um, obviously just a, a dire circumstance that nobody's expecting, nobody's ready for. There's nothing that you can train about doing like you can never put yourself in that situation until it happens. Um, and I want to thank our, you know, Coach mentioned it earlier, but our training staff for going out there, not knowing what's going on, but going through a checklist, working as a single-cell symbiote, like saving his life, you know, and is being on that field. <clears throat> You, know, you 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 lose sleep, you hurt for your brother, um, a lot of shared grief. But to the question before, getting updates and positive updates eases so much of that that pain and that tension that you feel. But coach handled it as as perfect as anybody could. Josh, can you take us through you personally, but even your teammates as well, the level of fear that we're facing when you was clear you guys knew what was going on. Can you just share maybe some of the level of fear you've Yeah. Um, I don't typically like using emotion to answer questions, uh, but, yeah, like the, the scene just replays over and over in your head, and there's, again, it's hard to answer that question and actually describe how, you know, I felt, how my teammates felt in that moment. It's something we'll never forget, but to know that DeMar is, is doing okay, and I know there's still a lot of a lot of things and, and stuff that he has to process and continue to go through um, to get back to, to himself. We're just, again, we heard that news this morning, and there's nothing that, that could have been told to us to bring our day down. You know, we're extremely happy for him and his family. Um, you know, we just want to... We just want to love up on him, you know, so the next chance we get, I don't know when it's going to be, if we if we get to see him anytime soon, man, it's going to be awesome. Coach, John, can you give a version of your version of the conversation you had with Zach Taylor where he said, uh, he quoted you as saying, you had to be with your guy at the hospital, if you could just, you know, pick it up. Yeah, you know, I caught a little bit of that and, and um, you know, just very appreciative of Zach, and I'll start there. I mean, Zach... The NFL is such a competitive league, and, and, and games are so competitive. You spend all week right, preparing to, to beat each other. And as fast, and Josh can attest to this, as that was unfolding, 
in those situations, it's, as Josh alluded to, you never, you, you prepare for things to go wrong in the game as you visualize the game unfolding just so you're ready, but they're not of that nature, right? They're on the field, they're schematic challenges and whatnot. And, um, and so as competitive as this league is, um, Zach quickly uh, recognized the situation and, and when you can engage with the opposing coach and he and you and, and Zach and I were on the same page so, so quickly there, um, it was amazing. professional and so genuine um, and it was powerful what Coach McDermott said at the end there when he was talking about um, he said glory to God for his healing power and how huh he's serious he's a believer yeah he said, glory to God for his healing power and him keeping him in his hand the way he did. You know, that was that was a powerful statement right there. That was a powerful statement. Um, and then Josh, as you can see, uh, how, how the emotions just well up in him. You could hear the emotions well up in him. Uh, and the and the genuine concern that not only he, but uh, you you've heard it. I mean, I've been listening to first take and all these other uh, this just in and uh, Sports Center, and you can hear it across the league. I heard uh, Coach Bill Belichick say today. He said the condition of this of this young man. Is more important than this game. Wow, we we talking about Bill Belichick. No emotion, Bill Belichick. No personality, Bill Bill Belichick. <laughs> uh, seven times um, uh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl champion, coach said the health and the condition of this young man. Is more important than this game. What you see, what and and one thing that I've, I've recognized in this particular situation is you now see what's really important or what's most important, or it causes you um, to, or causes them, has caused them a sense of prioritization, you know? So 
I mean, even in our own lives, when we're on the outside like this looking in, you know, you really start to think about what's really important. You know, you start thinking about family and um, your children, your wife, you know, um, your relationship. Well, you should start thinking about your relationship with Christ. You know, you start putting things in perspective for real. You know, and I think they they exhibited that um, kind of in their little spiels there. Um, the last part, and I'm the last thing I'm going to say, uh, Coach McDermott, when he was talking about how when him and Zach Taylor, the, uh, the Bengals coach, got together, and I just heard this thing he said to Zach Taylor was, man, I got to be at the hospital with my guy. That's what he told Zach Taylor when they came together in the middle of the field. Um, And for him to say how Zach Taylor was immediately on board with what he was saying, they weren't even thinking about um, finishing the game out. They weren't even thinking about that. Immediately their heart went to – well, they may the not have been, but uh, I bet the NFL management thought different. <laughs> possibly, possibly. But mm-hmm. I think, in my opinion, man, I think this thing hit a whole lot of people like a ton of bricks. I think it brought a whole lot of things into perspective. This, was, this, was, this wasn't a concussion protocol situation. This far superseded that. When they began to form that wall around him so that nobody could really see what was going on, it was real right then. The media couldn't even see. I got a question. Do y'all think, just just a quick interjection here, have anybody ever died on the field before in the NFL? Anybody know? Not that I know of in the NFL. Somebody died on the field in a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same situation. Yeah, baseball it's, it's game. Player, I just want to ask that. Yeah, in 1996, there was a baseball player that actually went into cardiac arrest and died. But I don't, I don't think there's ever been. I don't think there's ever been a. Um, well, I don't know, but I. I don't think there's ever been anybody died. As on the field, no, I don't. Yeah, the worst we've seen career-ending. Yeah, we've seen career-ending injuries. Many of those, Absolutely. but yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to bring up those something. Well, first of all, let's go to Zeke. Uh, I didn't go to you yet about mm-hmm. uh, the comments from uh, Coach McDermott and Josh. Uh, please. You have sincere, and then you have knowledge, and I believe. Uh, coach was operating in both of those. I think he had sincerity. You can have a lot of folks with sincerity calling on the name of the Lord, but they don't have a lot of knowledge behind it. You know, they just God help us here. But but coach, uh, he Absolutely. has uh, yeah he has, he has both knowledge and sincerity that goes there, and there's power in that. Okay, so there's there's one there's power in it because he had enough knowledge to know where he needed to be at because he's got light in him to bring light into a situation. 
you know. And so, and and that's something oh, that a lot of what's that? I said that was good. Oh yeah, there's, Amen. There's a lot of folks that don't they don't have that, and so they don't know how to respond in those situations. And their human uh, intuition is the best that they have. But when you have the Holy Spirit, and when you have that light in you, then you know your own assignment. And so when I hear him speak and I hear him saying things, uh, he has a language about him that conveys that he has a knowledge uh, that, that, that corres- correlates to his sincerity and his faith. And so um, that, that, that comes back to listening and what voices that are significant and hearing them and being able to distinguish those voices, you know. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to jump topics, but this prayer topic is one that I've seen a lot of people praying and saying things about God, but you know that there is something missing there. It's an empty word or it's a, it's, they don't, they don't know what else to do, which is okay. Sometimes there's an ignorance there that that's, that's good. You want them to be able to any, all of us called on the name of the Lord out of ignorance at some point, you know, and we saw how good he was. We tasted and saw and that's a that's I mean that's wonderful, right? So we he he grows us and he develops us. But then you see some that maybe has a knowledge, but they are kind of blocking Christ. And I've seen that too. I've seen that in in those that we're gonna pray pray in the name of God. And you're like you know you know the name that you should be. You know the position and the authority of the name that you should be praying in. And you see that kind of concealed in these moments too and i've seen both of those things in this it's like you you see the enemy at work and then you see god on assignment and god on assignment is what i'm looking for because that's what's going to change things that's what's going to change circumstances and it may very well be the prayers of that coach that christ conveyed himself to the throne that changed this whole situation that's very significant to me Very good, very good. Purcell, anything on that? Uh, no, that was that was that was good. That's all I could tell you. That, that was that was good. That was very good. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I want to comment on something that was very obvious to me. Also, we haven't mentioned yet, and that is for those that perceive these NFL players thugs, just straight up thugs. A lot of time in these types of situations, you can see the humanity, which they all human. I don't want to, but what I mean is, uh, I hear so much. What's the word I'm looking <laughs> for? Just racism, to be honest. <laughs> they just don't see these players as having a heart and and godly, and and I think. You, 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 you know what's in a man when he's when the pressure's turned up. And I know some people acted out of fear, but there were some people that wasn't all that emotional, you know. And I'm not saying you got to be emotional. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, do you see how many people was calling on to the Father? And like Zeke was saying, some people just go out of emotion. Some people go out of fear. But there was a lot of people that uh, went in right there on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to know y'all's take on that Purcell, you can go first on that And then Brother Z 
again, I just think uh I just think uh they were able to recognize um, the veracity of the situation, you know uh for lack of a better way to put it, it just got real, it just got real at that moment, and especially for the believers i think I think the like I said earlier. The believer's thought was, oh, man, there go I, but by the grace of God. So what happened is that that righteous compassion kicked in, you know. Um, and then when you think about um, the family, you know, especially his mama, you know, I can imagine how mama felt when son went down. Okay, hold on, hold on, Purcell. Just somebody's moving around. We can hear all of that. So I don't know if it's you, Purcell, or Brother Zeke, but somebody's moving around. I can hear it. So y'all just remember these phone lines are very sensitive. And just while I'm at it, uh, station identification again. You've tuned to the Five Stone Stone Network. Um, Brother Seth, we have Purcell Porsche commenting. And we have Brother Zeke Brinsfield in the house also as our guest tonight talking about Damar Hamlin and uh, everything surrounding that situation. Uh, brothers and sisters, we th- truly thank you for t- uh, uh, tuning in tonight. And those of you on the phone lines, I want to remind you, press 1, we can bring you on. So I see the phone lines. We have quite a few people on it. Press 1, we bring you on. In the chat room, if you ask your question, we can try to get those questions to our guests. Uh, Purcell, um, Purcell, go right ahead, brother. Yeah, so it's, I kind of uh, echo what... Uh, my brother Zeke was saying as it relates to um, them having or or acting according to knowledge. Um, I think the ones that immediately went in, I think those were the, I think those were the children of God. I think those were Mm. uh, the kingdom citizens. I think those were the ones that, uh, understood right then and there, okay, we need divine intervention right here. You know, so we need to call upon the name of the Lord, you know, because we recognize that the name of the Lord is a strong tower where the righteous run in and are safe. So they immediately uh, jumped into character. See, what's in you going to come out. That's what I recognize, and that's what I realize. Mm. What's in you is it's gonna come out at the at the right time and the right moment. You know, you you can say what you want, but uh, if you this is what I say to people sometimes: if you know the power of prayer, if you understand the power of prayer, pray for me. So in other words, that connotes if you don't understand the power of prayer, don't pray for me because you it's a good chance that you may pray amiss. Okay, so I think those particular ones that jumped into action, they recognized right then and there, this is a job for Jesus. You know, and that's why uh, we can we can single them out and say, oh yeah, it was a few of them that went in because they recognized immediately the ver- number one the veracity of the situation, and number two. Uh, this is a job for Jesus, and and they they went they went in they went to declaring and decreeing, 
you know. Now, there again, there were some that were just emotional. You know, they was like, oh, my God, I don't know. I don't know what to do. What in the world is going on, you know? And they may have had, you know, a relationship, you know, that caused them to just be uh, overwhelmingly emotional. You saw a lot of guys just break down and cry, you know. Um, I don't have an issue with that. I'm a crying brother myself, especially mm-hmm. in the presence of the Lord. So, so you can say what you want. But, again, I just believe those people who jumped into action were the ones that recognized this is a job for Jesus, you know, and they were fully aware of the veracity of the situation. So, and, and I'm so grateful for them. I'm grateful for them. See? Amen. Amen. We are all going to have a day of testing like that. We got a we got a world that um, it is on a collision course, and you know we have been given a mission and a commission, and there's a lot of folks that are sincere, but they are they are pretty ignorant about what it is that we believe and what it is that they even profess and proclaim, and. Um, I think that that's one of the things in the days right now, those that are on the fringe, this could be a great opportunity to draw them in. It could be a great opportunity to uh, disciple them. To uh, And I, I, I pray that the Lord does a lot of that through the NFL, that these uh, men that and, and women that were uh, huddled around there that got to see the presence of God move, and they're going to get a chance to experience the joy of that. I, I pray that revival breaks out amongst them. I pray that there is a a, a place of, of of great spiritual awakening that happens in us. That the deception that many have been uh, sitting under could be lifted. That it could be a place of of, of being able to have us. Uh, return to a place of uh, loving God, uh, loving our family, loving our fellowship that we've been given, loving our nation. I mean, there's a lot of good things that could uh, be catapulted out of these moments, but how many of these have we had in history? How many times has God brought and got our attention? And what have we done with it? How many of these moments do we come in where we have this great boom? We just jump out there and we 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 get emotionally invested, and then we slip back into complacency too. I mean, you can. For me, I can go. I can go back to. 9-11, I can take it through other events like that that's happened that's been significant uh, to us as a nation that's drawn our attention in. We can we can look at uh, the riots that we've had in the streets. 
and this is this is for for believers. This is this is, there's great excitement about this, but there's also great responsibility that comes with us too to really help folks uh, through these times to to disciple them. And I you know, just pray that. Mm-hmm. That's very very good, and I want to add to what you're saying. I think that uh, when America sees something so devastating, it makes them think like Purcell was saying, a lot of the players think, that could be me. And that's the only time we pause. That's all 9-11 did in those different uh, events you just named. It just makes us think, that could be me. I want to just say this really quick here. I've been trying to reserve a few of my comments, but I do want to say this. Brothers and sisters, when you see things like this, number one, uh, and I'm just wrapping up here, so please excuse me, kind of step in here because we kind of wrap up here, but I want y'all's final comments after this. But uh, in a great show, by the way, I think we hit all kinds of angles with regards to uh, Damar, and I think we uh, gave the most high glory on this show and his Christ. But, folks, listen, we're not trying to be super spiritual, nothing like that. This is very, very real. And a lot of y'all don't pay no attention to these kinds of things. Uh, 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 Well, you don't pay attention in life until you do these types of things. And like I said, what got your attention is this could be me. That could be me. That could happen to anybody. And, uh, you know, we need to live our lives as though we died and came back and is given another chance. I said we need to live our life as though we literally mm-hmm. died and the Father said, okay, go back and do it again. Folks, life is very fragile, and I want to spend y'all's last comments talking about that in less than about three minutes, y'all. Life is so, so, so fragile. It's one of the reasons I do these blogs, to give back to the public, things I've learned for sure that have helped my life, not that I'm some model saint or something. And I don't think that I'm far from that, but, you know, I just don't think I'm just that example that I, I really believe that the Father is looking for in these last and evil days. I'm just going to be honest, but I'm striving. Mm. there. And I do these blogs and talk about things that I've learned on this earth for sure that have set me free. Anything that I'm not sure about, I don't blog about. So tonight I thought mm-hmm. I would create a show. as the creative Five and Soul Network. I thought I would do a show where we're looking at the reality around this young man. Life is so fragile. You just never know when it's your time, brothers and sisters. And the best way I've learned, long time ago I gave my life to the Father, because I was so worried about this, 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 this question, this, this topic right now. I'm talking about life and its uncertainty. You just never know when it's when it's going to happen. But I want to just say this about that, and then I want to move on to Brother Zeke and Brother Purcell. When it's your time. I want to just put this out there. I do not believe the father is interested in taking Damar Hamlin at 24. If he did die, or if he's not able to play football, 
or any other young person that dies very young, I don't think the father is taking these people. Let me explain what I believe, because so many people don't come to the father, as Brother Zeke was saying, because they have beef with him. They have hidden fear about him. And it's hard to serve someone that you think is going to kill you or take you early for his glory or something. And I'm just so upset with this teaching that is just prevalent in all our churches that God is taking people. Let me let me give to you to share on the, again on this network. What I do is try to share things I know for sure for me. Now, brother, you can get the mic and say something completely different, and that's okay. And brother Purcell can do the same. That's okay. Brother Seth have learned this: when we die, when it's our last breath, the Father does come to get us. Yes, he does call for us. When that time is up, he calls for us. But some people think it was his choice for us to go then. That's two different things. I think the Father knows just because he knows when your day is and just because when it's time for your day he calls you, it don't mean that's how long he wanted you to live. Hear me out. Please hear your brother out really quickly. We wrap it up the show. Brothers and sisters, I believe we all are given 120 years. Some people argue 70. I don't know about that. Two people living past 70. I believe we all are given 120 years. But we're placed in a very hostile environment where the Father is not in control. He wants to be in control. He has to be in control. And I just got a little message from Vlog Talk saying we're going to shut off here in 90 seconds. So those of you on the phone line, stay put. We're going to roll over a little bit. Those of you listening online, listen to me. You have to call the phone number to keep listening. Some of you are new to the Five Zone Network, so you don't know how this works. In, in about 30 seconds, we're going to, you're going to not be able to hear us if you're listening online. We only contract to 10 o'clock uh, Central, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Okay? So call the phone number. Keep listening. Actually, she just said 60 seconds. So call 914 to keep listening, 205-5590. If you're on the phone line, stay put because you won't be able to call back. But if you're online and you want to keep listening, we're going to roll over just a few minutes. So if you want to hear the rest of this, call the phone number, 914-205-5590. But this is what the Father has given me, and I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed to say this, but I didn't learn this to in my 40s. Folks. The Father, I believe, give us 120 years. We're placed with parents. If they don't know him, you're already shortening your life. If they don't know him and they're, uh, they're, they're going against his word, you're already shortening your life. If you're not eating as according to his commandments, according to his laws, according to the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is protecting us and trying to get us to eat and take care of our bodies a certain way. If we obey the Father and obey God, we're going to live, I believe, those those are full length. Now, I know there's martyrs. I know there's people that are called to die early. I'm not talking about people with martyrdom on their life like Christ and others that was that was called to come in and on the earth and just, just show his glory and die and, and show the world that, yes, be willing to die and all that. I'm not talking about martyrs. I'm talking about what the Father wants for us. 
I believe he has given us all long life, but he he tells the children to obey your parents. Your days may be long. He gives us all these rules and laws as to how to live on this earth. So when we don't do these things, he already sees it and knows what we are, what we will and won't do. So when we choose all of this decadent lifestyles and we live in an environment where it's not safe, because, again, he does not have the authority on the earth. He owns the earth. And there are all the furniture on there, trees and clouds and all that. Yes, he owns that. But the authority he has given to man, he had it, but he gave it to man. He loans it to man, this authority on the earth. It's ours. If you don't want the Father in your home, he won't be in your home, period. If you don't want the Father in your body, he won't be in your body. If you don't want the Father in your sex life, he won't be in your sex life. He's a gentleman. By the Holy Spirit, I'm speaking. So what I'm trying to say is he longed to be in our life. He longed to be in our marriage. He longed to be in our finances. He longed. He wants that. He said, lo, I stand at the door and knock. Why don't he just come in? If he owned everything, why don't he just come on in? Because he's giving you the authority. So I believe when people die early, it is not his fault. I don't believe that one bit. I don't. I. I, I think I, I'm upset that I've been taught that. Again, we're placed with parents. We're placed in the village. Sometimes it's people around you possessed. We're supposed to take authority over the enemy. We're supposed to use the angels that has been dispatched for those to be heirs of salvation. We have gifts of the spirit, nine gifts of spirit that are supposed to lead and guide us in, in, in truth. And if we walk in what the Father has given us, brothers and sisters, we will have long life. It is not the Father's will to take any of us before the amount of time that I just named. And I did say 120 years, I believe it. So when you see people living 100, look, look at their life. A lot of times they're even, not even that. A lot of times they may not even be calling on Christ. They may not be saying Jesus. But look at how they live their life. Or look at some of their parents that interceded for them. So it's not just you. It's your village. It's your mother, father praying for you, sisters and brothers. A lot of times people don't have character, and they may be living a certain way. I'm not talking about a decade in life because that's going to kill you. I don't care how, who, who you are. If you're living full of sin, you're not going to see no 120 nothing. But what I'm trying to say is when you see people older, really in their 90s and they, they don't really say they're Christian and nothing like that. They may even curse. And you wonder, how did they live so long? Do you see believers dying at 40? You say, I don't understand. Look at the situation real close. Investigate. And you'll mm-hmm. see often time there were believers in their life that interceded for them. And just like believers interceded for them, we can have believers interceding for us. And a lot of times we don't. This is why it pays to be a part of a church, a part of a fellowship, I should say, where people do believe in the power of the Most High, Yah, or the power of the Most High God. I just wanted to say that God is, Most High is not interested in taking none of us early. So if Damar would have died, if you or any of your, anyone you know uh, uh, suffer any type of sickness at an early age, it, it don't have nothing. Cancer has nothing to do with the Father. Why would he make a body trying to fight all these things off, and yet he wants to take us? It don't make sense. He wants us to live forever. He made us to live forever. And then it's 120 years, so 120 years is not forever. It's just a little short time frame. Don't rob yourself. He won't 120. And I mean that people are so it's not kind of dogmatic. It's just the word. It's right. the word. He said, well, there was prophets that didn't live 120. Right. Read up on it. Research 
sin. People not, you know, you out here, and, and, and the enemy is on our earth too. Spirit of murder is upon our earth too. You, but if you walk, in, in the, he that dwells in a, a secret place of Most High, if you walk in a, a certain way, this enemy on the earth will not be able to take you. But what if you don't know all this? This enemy can kill, steal, and destroy, and rob you of your life. You could leave the earth as an infant, as a teenager. I just had to get that out. Final words, uh, let's go to our guest first, Brother Zeke. Uh, just comment on anything you said, about three minutes, and then Priscilla will wrap up. Well, Brother Seth, I would have to say that I would want my son to marry a daughter of a man who believed like you just spoke. I would want that wow. same knowledge and upbringing. Uh, I would want him to benefit from having a child that was raised in that knowledge right there. Amen. And that understanding. And Amen. We, we have all done things that have reduced the number of days that are ahead of us. and uh, But see, there's, there's, there's promises that have been given to us, too, in God's Word that unlock some things that can extend us past. You know, he says, I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten on you, that I will, uh, that, that was the locust that I sent among you even. On that, so sometimes there's some correction that's going on that says, "Hey, I really need to get you corrected here in this situation, and I'll take care and restore that piece of it." But I need to get your attention, and I'm so thankful for a God that will get our attention. But He's not a murderer. That's he's right. not interested in seeing our demise, and His yeah. grace, oh <clears throat> my, His grace it says has allowed Christ to taste death for every one of us. By his grace, die for us. Isn't that something? To think about grace so powerful. That it's no longer this unmerited favor that we've received, but it was by his grace that he allowed that to happen to enable him to be able to get past our brokenness. It took the death of his son to be able to not just restore us to him, but him to us. My, my, what Christ did for us, how good he is in saying, send me, Father, I will go and I will do and I will fulfill all of that. And I, um, I'm so thankful for that. I am so grateful for him rescuing me. And there, is, there are significant moments that happen in our life. And then there is eternal moments that happen in our lives. And I think we're experiencing significant moments in this discussion. But we hope for eternal moments because when God speaks and when he gets a hold of your life, it changes forever. It's not just a 9-11 moment that we can sustain for um, a year. But it's, it, is, it is one that sets you, that you get the benefits of that for the rest of your days here. For the rest of your days here, you get the benefits of that. And so I, I really, really value what you shared with us there and that. And I really, if, if there was something to take apart from this, from tonight, from everything that we discussed, really, really pay attention to who you're listening to. 
out there and and really, really pay attention because the voices that are out there are very significant. And there are some that will talk about God and they'll talk about prayer because it's the it, it's uh, it's almost a natural thing to do when you don't know what to do. Thank thank the Lord that He'll draw us to that place. But then there are those that have a knowledge of that that can teach from that place. And if there's any listeners out there tonight. You you need to have somebody that has something to offer you in life. They need to be able to speak words into your life. They need to be able to correct you. They need to be able to uh, give you counsel that maybe sometimes you don't want to hear. They need to be a coach. <laughs> they need to be a coach for you in your life to teach you some fundamentals and give you a foundation mm-hmm. to be able to operate the the game that matters. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm just I'm just thankful and grateful for the uh, time to be able to fellowship here with you brothers, and um, to know that God is uh, He is on the throne, and that we we know that all things work to the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose, and we can see His goodness in in moments like this, but we can also have our eyes and we can see. We, there, there's another at play here, and you 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 made a point of that there is the prince of the air, the ruler of this earth, right here, Satan himself, and we we need to know that he has a scheme that's going on as well. We need to make sure we don't get caught up in that. And so, what I have found is that the body of Christ, that as we see that day approaching more, we need to meet more. We don't ever need to let the church door shut again. We don't never even let something that comes against us in this world separate us and divide us. We need to maybe ask God to forgive us for closing those doors and never let a circumstance again be a, be a place that would separate us again from being able to carry out the mission that he gives us. And that's, that's all I would say to close up tonight. Yeah, powerful, well, it, powerful. Was good, it was good having you here, man, having you on. I really, really love your spirit, bro. I've always have. Even when we was in staunch disagreement on the last show, I just really appreciate you, brother. Let everybody know, uh, again, your name of the ministry and what you're about these days, or what the ministry is about these days in about a minute, and then we're going to let Priscilla close out. So we're Gilgal Ministries. Uh, we help folks understand that circle of going around and around until you get into the promised land. You got to cross over, over that Jordan, and you got to get into your promised land. And so we, Gilgal is that place that they set up camp, and we, you'll see it many times throughout the Old Testament. We help men and women recovering from drug addiction. A lot of them get on that merry-go-round. They go around and around and around. We do life with them for over decades. Have many of them that uh, we've been discipling and working with for a decade that are stuck. And then all of a sudden, Christ changes things. And so we have, um, my wife and I have built seven homes, helping men and women recover from drug addiction. We've got, uh, some, and wow. some of those homes have been used for uh, a women's pregnancy care home. And, wow. and then we have uh, uh, just been blessed with the, we recently sold our home, and the Lord told us to buy a farm. And so that's what we've been doing. We've been learning to grow uh, food. We've got uh, four cows, and 
65 chickens and uh, four goats and a horse, and all that has happened since um, about February of last year. So in the last 12 months, we raised uh, about 35 pounds of potatoes, 65 pounds of sweet potatoes, probably um, 2,000 okra, and uh, I probably said another 1,500 jalapenos, all kinds of bell peppers, and man, my freezer is full of food that we've been able to raise and give away, feed people. So uh, the Lord's really been blessing us and teaching us how to care for our bodies, how to raise grain-fed, grass-fed animals. Uh, And so we're looking to do this on the long haul. We're looking to go all the way to Christ's return. And that's, uh, we're, we're planning for that. Wow. Well, again, I want to thank you for being on, brother. You're busy as you were last time. Sound like you have to steal some good. And I really appreciate your conviction. I want to say that. And I appreciate the words you have to share about, about how I, how the Father shared with me. That's always good to hear. Um, I, Again, want to thank you. Hopefully, I'm thinking to myself, maybe we could do some things in the near future. We'll see. I won't talk about that. We'll talk about that off the air. But, again, Zeke, good to hear from you, my brother. I'm going to go ahead and mute your line God again. You. I'll be in touch with you, brother. God bless. All right. Purcell, per se, the ambassador. Go ahead, wrapping up uh, your final words, please. Okay. This is this – is, uh what I will close with. We said a mouthful tonight. Um, thought it was, I thought it was an awesome program, awesome show. Um, I also like the brother's yeah, spirit. Yeah. Uh, I look forward to him being on uh, in the near future as well. Um, when I, when I initially uh, wanted to entitle this show, I initially wanted to entitle this show. Um, Life is too short. Um, and I started out by saying, uh, when me and Seth got together and he told me about, um, the additional things that he wanted to share, I thought it went right in line with what was in my spirit, uh, when this happened to brother DeMar. Um, so, uh, closing on that note, um, life is too short. I started out by saying that I under I completely understand what his his family is going through. Um simply because I experienced it myself in uh when I was in college. This was back in nineteen eighty nine, May of eighteen nineteen eighty nine. I don't know if I ever told this story on, on air, but uh real quickly, um I just want to share how uh, I empathize with um, Demar and his well, Demar's family, Demar's mother and father, particularly, um, because I received a phone call when I was in college. Um, again, back in 1989, May of eight, 1989, um, that my mother had been shot. Uh, Not only was my mother shot, but my mother was shot in the face. 
not only was my mother shot in the face, but my mother was shot in the face with a 12-gauge pump shotgun. So you can imagine um, just telling you that information right there, yeah, it, it, it ain't good. You can, you can just imagine it ain't good. Um, so long story short, I immediately packed my things uh, from my dorm room and jumped in my little car and took out for the highway. Um, so when I got home, of course, my mother was in, in surgery uh, in ICU. And, um, of course, I had no idea what to think other than uh, she's not going to make it. She got, she got shot in the face with a 12-gauge pump shotgun. <clears throat> but um, that was the first time God actually got my attention to the degree of understanding his power. Because although my mother was shot in the face with a 12-gauge pump shotgun, and me- many of you understand the damage that a 12-gauge pump can cause. Um, And not to mention, uh, which I didn't mention, uh, it would be considered at point-blank range, okay? So um, essentially, my mother, the right side of her face was, was shot off, okay, for the most part. But my mother was still able to get out of the house uh, in the condition that she was in, get to the neighbor's house next door and uh, let them know what was going on in the house. And God spared her life. Uh, Again, long story short, God spared her life. Um, My mother just celebrated her 86th birthday, December the 16th. And um, I'm so grateful but I said that to say that I empathize because I can just imagine how DeMar's mother was feeling when he went down on that field. I can absolutely imagine how he felt or how she felt. And his father, I can absolutely imagine how they felt. Um, and it is my prayer that they get the same outcome that I did um, And I believe it to be so uh, because he's got a lot of believers in his corner. Um, So with that being said, that was a very tragic, very sobering um, occurrence for me. Very, very sobering. Um, But it also was enlightening. It showed me the power of God. I right now, right now I have T-shirts that I sell that simply say my confidence is in the power of God. Um, and I believe that thought, for the most part, um, came from what I went through, what I went through uh, with my mother. So with that being said, without further ado, it's your boy, uh, Ambassador Purcell Lindell Porsche, all the way out here in Cincinnati, Ohio, with Salt Life Kingdom Ministries, where we 
uh, our mission is to bring the saltiness back to the believer through rightly dividing the word of truth <clears throat> and kingdom principles. Uh, we want to thank you for tuning in to the Five Smooth Stones Network. Again, I want to thank Seth for having me on. I appreciate it. I don't take it for granted. Yes, yes. Uh, I thank, thank God for the Five Smooth Stones Network and what God is doing through the Five Smooth Stones Network. Um, again, follow us, you all. Follow us. Uh, this is um, uh, a wealthy, a wealthy work. This is a wealthy work, um, and help us enlarge our territory uh, by following us. Help us get traction and uh, make an impact for the kingdom of God. Um, again, it's your boy Ambassador Purcell and Del Porsche. I love you, man. Each and every one of you. Not a thing you can do about it. In the mouth. Yes, yes, yes. Purcell, thank you, thank you again for coming on. And that testimony, really appreciate you, brother. Really appreciate you. Okay, yeah. brothers and sisters, again, we're going to wrap up. Again, thank you for a very powerful show tonight. I really mean it. Very powerful show. A lot went forward. Hope you all heard all that. Remember, these shows are recorded. You can rewind, fast forward. Um, just be blessed by these shows and share. Copy and uh, paste the uh, URL, the address of this broadcast you're listening to, and send it to friends. You can do that. All right? I love every single one of you, just like Purcell say. And there is nothing you can do about it. Good night.